and that we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? Hello everybody, it's Jenny here again with another Sensory Matters show and today we've got our very own Joel joining us. How are you Joel? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Cold, it's getting colder up here now. So still like 400 degrees over here, I can't wait for the cold. Oh, you're joking. It's See, I'd rather the heat. I'm sitting with a woolly hat and a jumper on. I'm sitting with my aircon on. Cause... Oh, I'm jealous. We should swap. Please. <laughs> yeah um okay so joel you'll have heard he did a couple of podcasts with lorraine um a month or so back and he works for us as our graphic designer and does various other bits and does some posting on the page so you're probably all very familiar with joel so we thought it was worth getting joel on to find out more about him um so let's start with autism knowledge which is something that you you're kind of exploring at the moment do you want to explain that a bit more um yeah so everyone who's heard the other podcasts i was on um heard me talk a bit about this so it's the idea that we have autism awareness and we kind of want autism acceptance now but within that i think we should be striving for autism education for everyone so for example teachers might go on a two-day course on autism and the people might say oh people with autism people with spd don't like loud noises and yeah okay you give them a pair of ear defenders but every single type of ear defender sounds different because of the pressure on them or how they sit on the ear yeah. now a more extreme version of this was um i think it was manchester university band clapping um right a few months ago or they were planning to i think it was about a year ago because people with spd are affected by clapping and okay that caused a big divide in the community with people going this is great and then where i sat which is this isn't good because one it kind of makes us all look quite weak to the general public mm -hmm. and two if you take this into like primary school and they then in primary school go, okay, no clapping. Then the child isn't getting the skills they need to deal with clapping in the outside world in real life. Yeah. Like you have ear defenders, like that's a way of getting around it. And the yes. knowledge should be, okay, these are ear defenders. These are what they're for. And then the school will know, okay, this is what this is for. And the rest of the students will know this is what this is for. And then normalizing that from childhood rather than trying to take the child away from stuff that might um that might make them uncomfortable yeah so because because i mean clapping we can't ban clapping the world exactly. over yeah it's it's part of life so it's you're right it's about making people understand and i guess not everybody's affected by clapping as well so it's making people understand that and normalizing the use of tools to help those people from an early age. And in these courses, not just going, people are affected by loud noises, but this is why, this is how you help. Rather than take them out of a situation completely, 
these are the mm -hmm. tools that can help them slowly like make them feel um accepted within a neurotypical environment because yes. if you take them away from that neurotypical environment then when they're thrust into it eventually it'll be worse and they'll have to learn all of that themselves yes yeah because i mean it, life is life and society to society and we can't ban all the things that affect everybody with spd so it's it's almost like we can't really we can have awareness but you can't have acceptance and understanding without the knowledge that goes with that mm -hmm. i mean in a perfect world everyone would be able to live equally like people with spd the lights would be adjusted to their specifications and then neurotypical people would be fine with that but it's never going to happen it's kind of yeah. like the same thing as the um the sensory friendly shopping days yes which, to me this is where that comes in because it makes no sense so you have it on a sunday from seven till ten i'm never going to be up on a sunday from seven to ten it's never going to happen also yeah. if you bring the lights and the music down to let's say a six and it's normal a four and it's normally at nine why not just always have it at six yeah. and then it's accessible to everyone all the time like that's yeah. slightly different to like something like banning clapping where it's extreme yeah absolutely and quite often some of these sensory um days or like we've got it at a lo local pool they've got an autism hour or something that they, they just miss the mark mm -hmm. with what they're trying to do and it doesn't actually create an environment where people feel comfortable and again you're segregating them aren't you you're kind of saying this is you you can't go at other times although clearly they can yeah. they're trying to make it a nice environment for that moment but it's about being able to get on with life and being able to have those opportunities all the time not just for the autistic hour yeah. like for example here um we've got fairs that come every year and they mm -hmm. are really loud like i can hear them 15 minutes away that loud like i'm there Wow. Now, what they've done during the morning, so it runs, starts at 7 and goes on to like 3 in the morning or something. So from 7 till 10, they've muted the sound, which is fine for people with autism and SPD. But I'm just like, why not just bring it down to a normal level constantly? It doesn't have to be a concert for the seven days that you're here for six hours. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because I guess as well, the other thing that makes this challenging is that it's not that people with autism are only friendly with people with autism. Yeah. You know, you, you have a mix. So you might want to go with a group of friends who are neurotypical um, and therefore it becomes difficult because you, you, you've got two options instead of one option being acceptable to everybody. Yeah. So what, what yeah, needs to happen you. to make... Um, yeah, what what needs to happen to make this change? What do we need to do as a community to improve things and make it better? So, um, part of this comes from us and part of it comes from the general public. I think the general public have assumptions about autism and SPD and that's always going to happen in the same way that if a person who isn't deaf interacts with a deaf person, they'll have um stereotypes in their head from tv and stuff i think yeah. being open to going past those stereotypes um 
will help quite a lot. Also, schools and stuff need to have week-long training for autism rather than just a couple of days. Yeah. So maybe during the summer or during an inset day, you have like a set number of inset days dedicated to autism and SPD and what it means. And you can go yeah. more in depth. I think also getting autistic adults into those spaces to talk to teachers will help. Because you can have as many OTs and stuff as you want, and they'll be great, but they won't have the same experience as an autistic person or person with SPD in school and someone who's been through that. Yeah. So you you think more in-depth training so that we kind of move away from this... um you know a lot of the common myths still exist I suppose that you know people with autism have sound issues they don't like lights they all this sort of stuff which it which doesn't apply to everybody on the spectrum anyway also common so like oh you must be high on the spectrum because of this and I'm like well that doesn't really work in that way yeah but it is it's quite difficult to to get your head around the spectrum because it is so broad and 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 by people's very nature, they they want to. I think most people do want to understand, and therefore they grab onto little snippets of what they think it means, and that becomes what they believe it means, because yeah. it's quite a fluid, flexible spectrum, and everyone's so different. I think like at the moment on Facebook, from what I can see, there's a lot of pages that help you um, break those stereotypes if you're willing to search them out so like I tend to post a lot from quite a few pages and that's not for me that's more for my friends who want to understand I will go okay this is a good resource you can follow them yeah I think also like professionals need first-hand experience from autistic people to know what they're looking for because quite a lot of time what I found is when there's training and stuff, it's about autism. It's not for autistic people. Like if you yeah. have someone talking about, I don't know, dealing with change or dealing with the change in routine, mm-hmm. having an autistic people person there saying, this is how it affects me. I'm only one person. I don't represent the whole of the autistic community but this is how it represents me and affects me is just another type of insight. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And what about businesses and things, things like shopping centres and swimming pools and things like that? What, What could they do and concerts and fairs? I mean, I found concerts are getting better like usually when you go in the last few gigs I went to the UK when I went in they gave me earplugs but they didn't know I had SPD they were just like everyone have earplugs Ah. I don't think it was a thing for SPD I think it was more protect your ears but unknowingly that then helps me feel more um, more surrounded by people who understand even though I had my own earplugs in Yes. Like, I had the vibes and you couldn't see them, but it was still that thing was like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one wearing them. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I think um, the, the Edinburgh Fringe are, are making good steps with this. Like, they've got, last year, we put Chewy Gems in their sensory backpack, so you can go to their shop 
um, and collect a sensory backpack, which has got ear defenders and fidget toys and chewy gems and all sorts. And you can take it out for the day and hand it back. Obviously, you don't hand the chewy gems back. Um, But um, I, I think that's really good. And then they've got, you know, ratings on all their different performances and accessibility information. So it's nice to see an organization like that embracing it as well. I do think as well that um, I don't see why um, certain like organizations that are autism awareness organizations don't set up in stuff like pools a autism sort of like sort of like they do like the autism hour but they invite say it's for children, say it's like a play park. I don't see why they don't also invite neurotypical children along so that they can interact with each other and the parents interact with each other and then that's another way of raising awareness. Yes, and breaking down barriers between the two groups. Because automatically, if you go, this is an autism day, then neurotypical people go, well, then I'm not going to go because I'm going to give these people their space. Like, yeah. If my child's yeah. loud anyway, I'm not going to take them. Now, yes. if you go and you have a loud child and you have someone with SPD who struggles with sound and the kid with SPD puts their ear defenders on, then the parent can then tell the child, the noisy child, going, this is why this happened. And that's automatically yes. breaking down barriers at seven or eight or whatever age. Yes, and then we, we create adults who understand, accept, and have the knowledge, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think you talk a lot of sense, Joel. So I'll tell you what we'll do is I know you, you've got another thing that we want to talk about, which is autism activists. Um, but prior to that, we'll just take a very quick break back in 10. This week, we've launched our new weighted blanket, available in four different sizes, priced from £39.95 or three credits, available from the chewygem.co.uk website. Now back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Um, So we were talking before about Joel's theory, which is a very good one, on that businesses and schools need to do much more earlier Um, So that instead of people creating an autism hour, um, especially for the community, actually everyone can mix together, but the things that might affect them are taken into account and they're much better understood by the general public and neurotypicals, which would be great to see that happening. Now, another thing that we've seen arise in um, is autism activists who come from a good place that they're, they're trying to, you know, fight the fight and raise awareness, etc. But Joel, you feel sometimes it's not always beneficial. Yeah. So I'm going to make this clear. It's not everyone and it's not large majority. So when I say autism activist, if you consider yourself an autism activist, I'm not particularly attacking you as a person or mm-hmm. the group as a whole, but rather specific pockets of the movement that can be considered militant. Um, So what I mean by that is, for example, an autism mum might publish something and they don't know any better. And all of a sudden they'll be shut down by autistic people telling them they're wrong, telling them that they're horrible people, telling them that they hate their child. 
which then mm-hmm. leads them to shut down a page. And I'm talking from experience from a friend who still hasn't started up her page again. It's been six months. Right. Because she's scared of the backlash that she's going to face. Right. I've seen. I, what what sort of thing did she post that raised raised concern? I can't even remember what it was. Right. Like I don't even think it was just one thing in particular. I think it was more that she was an autism mum rather than someone who was autistic, and they felt that okay. she was looking for fame using the autism as an excuse. Okay. And yes, there's like I know some pages do that and call them out all you want, but not every page is like that. No. And I think this kind of ties into what we were talking about in the first half, where you said, um, what can we do to make autism knowledge easier accessible? Mm -hmm. If someone says something that is completely ignorant, but they don't know any better, Mm -hmm. don't shut them down. Don't call them an idiot. Don't tell them they're stupid. Don't tell them they don't know what they're talking about and don't scream at them. Because then they're just going to walk away. Yes, and it stops the conversation, doesn't it? If you go, this is what it's actually like, and you have a misconception rather than telling them they're wrong and correcting them, it might take them two or three times to get it. Like They might still say the same thing two or three times, but if Mm -hmm. you keep correcting them by the third time, unless they're not a very nice person, they'll get it and go, okay, actually, yes, this is what it is. Like, you can't expect everyone to know everything about autism right away if the first time they're interacting with you is the first time they've met someone with autism or an autistic person. Yeah, or they're just at the start of their journey and they're learning themselves, they're scared, they want the very best for the child or themselves and they found out this bit of info and they're kind of putting it out there going, I've heard about this. And, and those conversations should be allowed to happen, corrected and, and pointed in the right direction if, if it's, you know, misinformation. But the conversations have to happen. Otherwise, we're never going to get progress. Yeah. And if you make those people feel stupid, um, then that's not going to help, is it? But there's, there's a line there. So if they're being mean and stupid, it's different to them yeah. just being stupid. Like, yes, absolutely. Them being ignorant is not them trying to attack you and like i get it like by the fifth time you've been told something you get pissed off with it even if it's five different people you're going to attack the fifth person that's natural but then after go actually i'm annoyed because i've been told this so many times that actually it's this yes and i think it just especially to people who are on the fringes of the autism community these people tend to what shut do you mean by that? Um, so, you know, typical people who are kind of like stumble onto a page and say mm-hmm. something. If they get attacked, then all of the other people who are in that same position won't say anything. And then because these groups tend to shout the loudest and tend to, like, for example, mm-hmm. my friend had 60, 70 inboxes. Like, they tend to shout loudest, and there's a lot of them that gang up. It then puts a very bad light onto the whole community and the whole awareness sort of movement. Yeah, and and you would have thought in our day and age, 
where there is freedom of speech, um, that that both sides should be allowed to have their conversation, but do it in a positive way, not an attacking way. Well, social media has kind of ruined that for most people, I think. But yeah, well, it's at true. The moment, like where social media is and where the world is as a whole. Yeah, like everything is like you're either on one side or the other for most things. I think that's due yeah. to the political climate. So it's in a perfect world, yes. And I think if we had the autism, if we had been social media and we had where we are now with autism in the 90s, we, this conversation wouldn't be happening. Right. Because the 90s was still kind of like a more positive sort of view of the world. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all, it's all. Um, what do they call them? Is it pen warriors yeah. or something like I that? I mean, even People six that... years ago, we wouldn't have it in the same way we're having it now, where everything's so divisive. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you, I don't know how you overcome it, because the, the other thing about social media and, and this sort of situation as well is that it's faceless. It's quite easy to comment and say things because you're not doing it to someone's face yeah. and people become a lot braver and much more hurtful. Um, and, but I'll go back to what you said at the beginning, that it is a minority. It's a tiny amount of people, but that they can have a big impact on stopping the conversation. Yeah. Especially if, if someone starts a page for the most part, if an autism parent starts a page, I think mm-hmm. they're doing it to help. So yes. I'm talking, I'm generalizing. Um, Yes. Like the large majority will be doing it to either find support or to help. That yeah. one person might then help 60 people understand autism. If they shut yeah. down their page because of a small group, you're then stopping that awareness. Yeah. Because, like, we reach a certain amount of people, but there's thousands of people on Facebook, millions of people on Facebook that might like a different page to do with autism, yeah. not ours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that the activists that are quite militant, and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about our community or politics or people in Scotland that want independence or anything, you're always going to have a minority that are quite militant and extreme about it. Um and and they they also come from a good place in that they truly believe what they're saying and they're trying to stand up and fight for what they believe in. So you kind of can't be annoyed at them because they're coming from a good place too, really. Yeah, it's just the way in which they do it. I'm not saying they're wrong. Like, they're not. No, I know you're it's, not. I'm making it clear in case anyone who falls into this group is listening. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you should stop doing what you're doing. I'm saying maybe consider that there's a different way of doing it and you might be causing more harm than you realise. And I think that's that's the point that I'm trying to get to, not don't do what you're doing and you're wrong because you're not. There's a place for no, you in the not. community. But yeah, they come, they come from a good place, but the way in which they do it with sometimes anger and venom and a bit of an attacking nature just shuts other people down they'd be good like this is if you were gonna do autism awareness in politics that's where this kind of 
this kind of activism would work quite well. But yes. to the general public, because like MPs will kind of want to debate in that way. But to the general public, I think it just turns them off. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And people are then scared to 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 say what they think mm. and have a conversation and it just stops the progress that we're making. Yeah. So how how do we is there I guess the only thing we can ask is these people just maybe consider how they're doing it. And even so if they're listening to this podcast, chime in in the comments on Facebook. Just go, this is why I do it this way. This is what I think. Because part of it is me not understanding kind of why they do it. So if yeah. I do, if they came to me and went, I do it because of this, then I can go, okay, but have you considered keeping that viewpoint and approaching it in a different way? I think yeah. this is also within our community, we need to open up the conversation to going, these people think this way, they act this way because of this. We act this way because of this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think... Yeah, but within the autism community, there needs to be acceptance and knowledge of everyone within it and their different views. Yeah. So in actual fact, it ties very nicely back to your point at the beginning of the podcast. It just goes back to knowledge and it's that kind of hunger for knowledge. And the only way to do that is to, well, if you're interacting with someone, explain why you feel that way and where you're coming from. Yeah. And, and then that should improve things for everybody. Because going back to the university thing, that caused such yeah. a large rift. Like, I had people who don't talk to me because I went, this doesn't make sense because of this, and they just couldn't see it. Right. But they're within the autism community as well. And I'm like, so we're fighting within ourselves, but there's two different points. If you think it's great, that's fine, but you should also be able to see that it will affect them in this way. Yes. And you're not even considering that point because you just want acceptance everywhere, no matter what the acceptance is. And one thing I want to say before, which leads back into that, is if we don't have the knowledge and we have acceptance, which then leads to new stereotypes, we infantilize um, autistic people. So they might not reach their full potential. Yeah. Yeah, the implications can be quite big, yeah. can't they? And I think that's why the autism knowledge movement would be quite important. I think that's yeah. what we should strive for. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's very good. Um, I've got one thing that I want to ask you, which is slightly off, off topic. And, uh, and, and it's, I know you're dyspraxic and it's not something we've covered and we should maybe do a whole nother yeah, episode on this. A whole rain episode. And jamie but just just in a nutshell how, what does it mean for you God, that's such a hard <laughs> question um, okay because it's so vast so right. i mean i do a top five gross motor, motor skills gross and fine uh okay balance spd social skills and um uh -huh. low muscle tone Okay, right. No, we'll definitely do a whole yeah, podcast on this. Because... Do a whole podcast because, like, within those, I can talk for ten minutes, twenty minutes on each. Yeah, 
Yeah, and we'll, and I know Jamie's dyspraxic, so we'll get Lorraine on, and we'll have we'll definitely do a dyspraxic one because it's one of the bits that I've got a basic understanding of it, but I don't feel we should do, like I really um, know it. one of the, you know the group ones that we do. We should do yes. a normal podcast, but just do a group one like that with me and Lorraine. Yes. Yeah, that would be great. We shall do that because um, I think it's it's an area that we've not covered, and I know it affects lots of people, and it'd be a really interesting one to do. So we'll definitely do that. Well, that's fab. So I think that's it for this week. It's been really interesting, Joel. Thank you for sharing your views, which, as ever, are imminently sensible. And I hope that we get more and more people that can back up what they're saying with their feelings so that we all understand each other a lot more and that we move forward and get much more knowledge and understanding in our community. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joel. Bye. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye